Okay, we're back here at the Weekend Sober <laughs> with our dear friend, our new podcast friend and Zoom friend, who soon, uh, hopefully, we will meet in person, Miss Ketsia. So thank you for coming back. Thank you for being here. Yes. Oh my goodness, I would love to come and meet you guys. I was in Boston in May, but I was at the Luckiest Club event, but I'm sure I'll be back, so. Oh, that's yeah. great. Wouldn't that be great? I know. Yeah. Seriously. I know. I know. How was that event? I, it was sold out before I could even like get a ticket. I think they opened up another like set of tickets and it was weird. A lot of people that bought tickets didn't make it. Or I noticed like people at the last minute just kind of being like, oh, I think some people had anxiety about yeah. going for like for me and a lot of people that was the first time we were meeting people like sober humans in real life or like people we'd only ever met on zoom so yeah, that, that can be nerve-wracking totally yeah. so like initially people were probably like oh I'm totally gonna do this I'm gonna go and then yeah. had the feeling of anxiety and backed out yeah which is yeah. I, I mean I know that anxiety that social breaking yeah. through anxiety what the the bummer part is is that it you're with like-minded people mm -hmm. going through the same thing so that's too bad but who knows what else happened but yeah um. the, the event itself was really good it was in of all places it was in like a, a brewery kind of thing I'm not familiar with Boston but it was like a little micro brewery or something like that but the side of the event or like where we had the event there was no alcohol or anything but on the other side there was so that was kind of an interesting oh, you know where I, I think either or harpoon or harpoon yeah yeah maybe it was close to the water I want to yeah, say it's in there. Yeah, it was hard yeah. yeah yeah so a lot of stuff with like the like 5ks and yeah. races and yeah. stuff and they have a good space there that's very funny though I mean it's so Boston too yeah I know uh -huh. <laughs> well and it was cool because that is is Laura's like home turf right, right. so it's just really cool it felt like a a full circle sort of pilgrimage back to you know my roots of like this is where I got sober and I and like seeing people I'd only ever seen in those little squares. It was just, it was, it was pretty special. I was pretty sleep deprived. Like I had to be at the airport at like four in the morning. My father-in-law picked me up at like two in the morning. And like, I, I felt obviously not like, not quite like a hangover, but I felt really yeah. spacey and it was a, kind of a weird feeling. I was just like, uh, so by the end of it, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, it's good. And I'm ready to go home. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> um, I, I was thinking about like, you're talking about that hangover, but it's not a hangover. I, yeah, that feeling. Yeah. I, well, you know, have you gotten it with like out, you know, like water without having enough water. Right. You know, oh, yes. But I've real. maybe it's, I'm more sensitive to it now, but I think we lived so much in a dehydrated, like dehydrated state. Oh yeah. Forever. And then now the minute I get dehydrated, I have a headache. I feel so spacey and Anxious. I really never noticed it before. It was just like that yeah. constant. State. When I, when I traveled, we traveled to Israel this summer and that jet lag a hundred percent made me feel hungover. Yeah, I bet. Oh, it was oh, awful. awful. It's unfair. You're just yeah. like, why? I didn't do anything to deserve this. I know. Or even I had I had my um COVID booster. I was just gonna yesterday. say the booster mm -hmm. yes. in my flu shot. I, I felt hungover. Oh uh, yeah. It's like I think we're I think we're more yeah, and you're more aware of it now. Like you're more in tune with your body in general. So I think like I get like that too with the water deprivation where I'm pretty good with it. But if I'm busy working or like in a zone, all of a sudden I'll be like, why do I feel anxious and like weird? Like I feel yeah. like 
and I start spacing on things. And I'm like, it's the water. Sure. Like how? Like this is crazy. I used to stay up all night drinking. How is this yeah. even possible? Yeah, I drink water as you. Oh, you have some lemon in there. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah, smart. I know that's. Parker started to ask for that. She's like, Dad, I need my water bottle with fresh lemon. And he's like, Where did that come from? Seriously? <laughs> Harper would probably do that too. I can see this being a thing. <laughs> How um, old is Harper again? She's turning eight in less than a month. Her birthday's on December 3rd. Nice. What's she asking for? You know, she hasn't actually asked for anything. It's kind of strange. It Last it's- Christmas, we got a bunch of like... Um, mindware kind of stuff like kitchen mm-hmm. stuff and like learning things and whatever and really all she wants to do is play video games so <laughs> she doesn't like playing that my husband's a big gamer so they like get into like different games together or like yeah. they try and be in on family night to play like I don't know like the ninja turtles or whatever and I'm like I'll try and I suck and they're so yeah. good and then I you know annoy and I'm like okay all right so like I'll stick with my wheelhouse you guys have yeah. fun with yours right I think it's great for them to have that together you know what I mean because I'm like okay this is something just that the two of them can have but yeah she hasn't really asked for anything she needs a new iPad I guess but nothing really exciting <laughs> I know I'm like what do you need for Christmas like new sneakers and like, yeah. like they have like holes in the toes I'm like let's just wait a few more weeks I know, <laughs> you do that a couple more weeks but we were in New York City this past weekend and mm-hmm. and they're like oh I want a new pair of sneakers I was like yeah it, well if we get them now you're gonna know about them but I'm holding them yeah. till Christmas all this kind of stuff I'm like yeah wow. we're in that time of year where you have to hold all of that <laughs> it doesn't make any sense it really actually bothered me a lot last year because I felt like they got so much stuff all yeah. I'm like what am I doing like I want to change so I'm in the process of thinking like no I'm not getting them anything and if they do I'm really holding it to they won't have anything yeah Right. to open if they really totally. keep wanting things in the immediacy and I I don't know I I'm that's a tricky spot for me that's the problem is kids want it right they want it when yep. they want it and it's like and with Harper having her birthday in the same month as Christmas too we're like tapped at that time of year so it's like and every year I think to myself okay I'm going to start shopping in July I never start shopping in July but I buy her stuff throughout the year and like you said in the fall it's all ramped up. There's all this stuff for school and they want to, you know, she wants to have this outfit or whatever. And it's like, okay, so what does that leave for a birthday and for Christmas? I know. Yeah. I'm, I'm a December baby too. Well, mm. November baby, but yeah, it was, oh, people are like, yeah, oh, November, November 18th yeah. Yeah. and December 11th. Yeah, yeah. They just never, I didn't get a lot on my birthday. You know, I get like a couple right. things. And people who have it in like June or whatever, I always knew I got mountains. Yeah. And that just was, I was okay with it. I didn't really think about it because it was just the way it was. Right. My husband is February and he said it sucks because it's like the worst part of winter. Nobody's really thinking about like birthdays. Everybody's hibernating. So he always feels like he gets the short end of the stick. Nobody really wants to celebrate that. Yeah. 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 This year we went to Vegas, but I was super sick the whole time we were there. So it was just not even fun. <laughs> been to Vegas. Have you been, Kim? Got married there. Yeah, I remember you, you got married there. That's yeah. Right. yeah. Got married sober. I was like six months sober when we went there. Awesome. Yeah. It was incredible. It was good. It was it was very generally very good. There was someone else in the sober community recently 
I think that sober glow or somebody got married and um, I just, I'm always curious, like if their experience was similar, we only had seven guests at our wedding and that's all we, aside from my parents couldn't make it because of COVID. Um, so it was like that, a yeah. nice dinner and yes. it was intimate and I think yeah. it's lovely. Yeah. It's yeah. Yep. It was, it was good. And we, you know, the, the guests at the dinner, I guess some of them had alcohol, but we, it wasn't like the front row center kind of thing. Yeah. So we didn't make it a focal point, um, for the night and everything was fine. It was, it was good. That's so, so our wedding, we got married 14 years ago and, I knew like I was, you know, a perpetual blackout drinker. So I knew that I, I was, you know, at risk for completely forgetting, forgetting yeah. my wedding. So uh-huh. I said to my friends, my husband, I'm like, do not let me drink a lot because I want to be able to remember it. So I did yeah. not drink a ton. I did not black out on my wedding. I remember it all. Um, but I, but there were so many people that were so drunk because we got married at six o'clock at night. And it was a beautiful day on Cape Cod. Um, it was like 80 degrees Mm. on like Memorial day weekend. So that just was a recipe for everyone to be out drinking all day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kick off to the summer. And so, um, you know, and we were young, I was, you know, 25. So people, yeah, it was young. Um, so people were, had been drinking all day at the pool and then, um, six o'clock at night ceremony, it was a long ceremony mm-hmm. and then the reception. Somebody fell asleep with their face on the table. Oh. At the reception. Nope. Um, oh, and I mean, I, I remember at one point, like just looking around and being like, I am pretty much sober. And there are people that can't even stand up. I'm like, this is it was like, like, what's a, the point? Like, this is like a foreshadowing <laughs> to yes, 20 years later. I know. Years. I know. I know. Totally. I definitely was that drunk at other people's weddings. So I guess, well, and you were well, young. So it's yeah. like, I remember those early 20, yeah. 20 weddings where you're yeah. like, it's like college all over again. Oh, yeah. Cause that was, it was like a call for you. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, oh. well, it's yeah, the holidays. Like, do you have friends that talk to you at all about those? Like, I mean, like a wedding is like a holiday party, especially post COVID like people. Like, oh yeah. You know? Do you have yeah. friends who are worried about, or like, or like, oh, how do you do it coming up into the holidays? I think it's weird. It's weird because I, we, Harper and I moved here um, in December 2020, and I was like a month sober at that point. Okay, and right. so I haven't really built a huge social circle here. I have like the girl that does my hair as a mom, she's got three kids. She has a group of friends that I've hung out with, you know, a few times, but when they go out, sometimes they're not heavy drinkers, but sometimes they're drinkers and they, what's, what's happened is we're getting into that age where the people that are still going out, if that's in the friends group, they're generally younger. So like, we're like getting into our forties and then they'll know like some of these younger moms and that's when they go out to the bars with the younger moms. Right. And I'm just like, we're kind of in this like weird in between and I just that's pretty much you know I don't generally we have a birthday party on December 22nd but it's a kid's birthday party at a roller skating rink oh good (laughs) which don't underestimate you can still find a way to drink there oh it's so true I'm like oh good it's not a house party where everybody's like boozing and the kids are running around but I would have back in the day probably brought something you know what I mean absolutely you bring your person there they don't check your bag like you could 
keep drinking whatever. <laughs> um, but that's, so that's all we have. And then we have just a family gathering, but I think this year is going to be a bit different because sometimes my mother-in-law is on call or she has to like work on Christmas day. So I think that's, I don't think we're doing like a big thing that we, like we were before. So I don't know. What about you guys? Well, you just celebrated your two year sober bursary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right after Halloween. So yeah, that's exciting. Yes. Thank you. Um, Yeah. And so I feel like around that time, people sort of will come to you and say, okay, like how, how did you make it this far? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, for sure. That, that is happening. People, so the big thing that's coming through right now in a lot of the DMS and stuff I get is people are like, I'm getting bored. Like people who are getting into longer term sobriety are finding themselves bored. And I hear this a lot and it's weird because I've never, not to say there aren't moments when I'm bored, but that's life in general. Right. Yeah. Right. And, um, but I've been noticing it a lot. And then today I was on Instagram and I noticed that somebody made a post about it or something, something like that, or maybe it was a, a live and she was talking about what to do when or how to combat boredom or whatever in sobriety. And I was like, because I guess that is it during the holiday season, people associate going out and having fun with having the ability to have a drink. For example, there's a girl in my life who is not sober, but she's been about a month and a half without alcohol now for various reasons. She's made that decision. The more she gets into it, the more she's just like, wow, like she's, she sent me the Andrew Huberman thing. And she's like, listen to this. I'm like, oh girl, there's so much there. You know, there's so many, so many resources. Um, But she's just, she's already thinking about going back home to visit her family over Christmas. And how does she talk to her sister about like, cause that was that becomes your thing with certain people. We cheers or we have a few shots or we have yeah. our eggnog or we have our, there was a Christmas was a whole few days to a week of drinking different things, Bailey's and your coffee. And this, like, it just didn't stop. Yeah. Mimosas, the whole nine yards, it's all associated with certain traditions. Yeah. And really it's about making new traditions and it, yeah, right. it really, that's it. You know, it, um, my father died two years ago, right before I got sober, he's one of the reasons why it like prompted it. Um, but you know, we now I'm thinking of it as like a parallel because we now have a whole new Christmas tradition, but he's not there. So it's almost like you're grieving either way, right? You're grieving the traditions with your family. If they pass, you're grieving your life of the festivities that you think is what the holiday season is. And it's really, it's just create, you know, that's would be my suggestion. Or or you're, or you're also grieving, like there's a lot of um, introspection and like chance for self-reflection that comes at the end of every single year as you're going into the new year. So perhaps there's things that happen during that year that maybe you're grieving also like parts of you that have died over that year or things that you're looking to release or whatever it is. So it's a time of year when it can be like this perfect storm of like, people who are ha- um, questioning things in their sobriety, feeling a little bit shaky, right? And so that's kind of what I'm seeing coming through um, and people asking. And I always 
I stick to my routines and you were saying about new traditions is like as a family we get up pretty early on Christmas day we don't have a set schedule or anything in the morning but it's so nice rather than being hung over when Harper's up at like five in the morning I used to think five like this isn't even a time yeah. <laughs> like I can do this for her you know yeah. I was reading the, the part in your book where you were talking about sitting in the chair and was it Brayden that came and sat in your lap? Yes, and, yeah. 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 And you were just, and and you would have never been, and he said something like, mom, you're never here at this time or something. Because yeah, yeah. they were always up yeah. early, early. Yeah. 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 Like you're never awake at this time. It's nice. You're building that new, yeah. that new tradition. Yeah. yeah. I know. And I was also thinking about something else I wrote about and how it's sort of like you're grieving the loss of alcohol almost as like a person. Yeah. Uh, yeah you know and I was thinking at Christmas time how if like you were grieving the loss of your dad and it's almost like alcohol could almost be like a person for somebody you know? of course of course um yeah it it the, like the person I keep coming back to like the person who's bored you know who yeah. said like they're yeah. bored, that I feel like there's always something underlying there yeah yeah you know, it's not boredom but it's like an antsiness uh yeah needing it's like almost like a, a somebody tapping you on your shoulder like I don't know I get the sense like there's something that they need to face or deal with or you know they're being presented with something but they might not want to and it's like oh well you know drinking what would we do we'd numb it all right so like their conscious mind is like yeah. I'm bored but it's like right. no, kind of dive in a little bit yeah I, I'm picture, comfortable with it I feel like I was so yeah. antsy and feeling that like boredom when I was drinking yeah. and I finally felt like I wasn't bored when I stopped drinking like yeah. I finally felt like there was like this restfulness like pe at peace with yeah. myself yeah whereas before I felt like I was constantly like wandering around like not sure what the hell I was doing with like, myself okay I'm bored oh what? Yeah. it's three o'clock yes oh, it's, oh I'll I can do that mm -hmm. totally yeah, now yeah, yeah. it's like I I don't have enough time in yeah. my day to get all the things done like I there's so much I wanted to do yeah whether it's going for a walk or doing this project or doing that or spending time with my kids and I, I just feel like I there's not enough time in the day anymore now the, you know I, so I, I feel know like exactly this person who's thinking they're bored I think that they are literally white knuckling right. and not actually peeling back the layers and figuring out why yeah. they were drinking in the first place and why they were numbing themselves. You know, well, I mean, there's a little bit of growth that in work that needs to be done on that person's part. Right. And I think the other part of that, when you guys were talking about it, made me think there's an element of self-sabotage that comes along with that boredom. It, it could be that where if you're not doing the work to get to the root of the reasons why you drank, you're not building that confidence in yourself. So you're then faced with situations where you would normally drink and you can, and you don't have the confidence in yourself to be like, okay, I'm remembering my whys or my reasons why I'm not doing this. I might have to excuse myself from this situation or leave early or whatever. So then you're, you're subconsciously self-sabotaging because you you think well I can't do it anyway or this is too hard or I don't believe in myself under underneath maybe not consciously saying those things but I think there is that element of like okay I'm going to sabotage this because I don't believe that I can actually make it like this can't be the rest of my life do, doing this thing you know right and, and that's really the look in the mirror mm -hmm. that's when it's like okay there I you can't continue on with a life of drinking when you're not dealing with stuff 
So yeah. you take alcohol out of the equation. Well, you're going to fall back to it if you're not looking at the reasons why, yeah. right? And that's the reasons why you shouldn't be drinking or why you were choosing to drink. Why you were the, choosing to turn to alcohol yeah. and um, yeah, what was causing you to um, rely on it to make you feel better. Right. And a lot of times people don't, don't, aren't ready for change either. Like yeah, it has to know, come when you're ready and things and life does change and it does evolve. And I, you know, I was listening to when, um, when you were talking about Catherine, you were talking about the cooking show that you were doing and like how it started out in one phase of your life and your partner or your, the woman, her life. And then you guys had evolved into this whole other phase and life had changed. And I, it was just poignant. Cause I was like, yeah, you, you can love something and you can let it go. You can really still yeah. mourn the, maybe the fun times that you did have when you were drinking. And there were some fun times. I, you can't lie and say there wasn't fun times, right. but you can also know that now is, is the time to move into this new, iteration of yourself, you know, that's a perfect way to put it because yeah. it's like, you know, we're laughing about the weddings or we'll laugh about times when we were drunk or yeah. something. And I don't want to have shame around those times. I want to yeah. know, like it was, I, it was fun. It was embarrassing or it was whatever it was. It was silly. Mm -hmm. Some of it was really fun. Yeah. But just, it's not sustainable for me anymore. And yeah. I think that's what you, if you don't grieve properly the way that it used to be, you'll always be like, well, that was so much fun. And that fun is no right. longer in my life and I'm bored. Yeah. <laughs> but when, when we reminisce, I say reminisce, but when we talk about some of the, the funny yeah. things we did when we were drinking, it is just that it is recognizing that there was fun, but you know, the alcohol did a lot more damage, damage right to yeah. us than it did, um, good. And I think that mm -hmm. the, we are able to have just as much fun. Yeah. We're able to have these same experiences now mimic those same experiences. Yeah. Obviously we're not going to weddings anymore, but, mm -hmm. um, we are able to go out and enjoy ourselves just the same without yeah. alcohol. Now that took time right. to achieve that. Um, but you know, it is possible, I think. And, um, I think it also is, it is good to be able to look back and, you know, sort of laugh and not feel ashamed right. of yeah. the things that you have done. Um, but you know, everybody's kind of different when it comes to those. Right. It, it, it's, everybody is different. And which, also yeah. depends on the, 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 what you're looking at, looking back at and what you're thinking right. about. I mean, there were obviously mm -hmm. not nice times, right. Obviously. Embarrassing, terrible shameful times, but anyway, um, I digress, but I was thinking about like what you said, everybody's different. You just said it. And Ketsia, you said it earlier. It's like, I, and I don't want to condone it, but I also don't want people to feel shameful about if you don't make it all the way through and continue yeah. being sober and you fall back, like I, people shouldn't feel shameful there. I don't no, also want right. to say exactly. like, that's okay. But of course it, it's your own journey and you're mm -hmm. not going to necessarily nail it all at once. Sometimes it's going to take you to fall down or fall back to yeah. be like, holy shit, that was so stupid. Yeah. What, I think why it, did I do that? But always ask, yeah. why did I do that? Annie Grace always calls it debt, like collecting data debt. points. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And you know, if like you try to stop drinking and then you go back to drinking and you know, you're just kind of like learning more about yourself and mm -hmm. figuring out um, you know, what works for you. And, and I think that for me, I, I really do feel like I collected a lot of data points over the years in terms of like trying yeah. to moderate, mm -hmm. um, you know, I would say 
to myself. I'm not going to drink for a couple of weeks and, and really get control of my drinking and uh, like mm. no fucking way I was controlling the shit out of that. Like no, there was, no there way. was so many other things. Yeah. There was, I mean, there was so many issues, but that was all coming to terms with it, you know, right. um, thinking like, Oh, the drinking's issue. It's like, well, the underlying issues, yeah. right. a lot right. of other stuff. Buried. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think as long as also too, that what you said, Catherine is the why, like, yeah, it's, all, it's like a mask now. I know. So you're, you're not seeing this, but the light on my face is like now. You, I want it. <laughs> okay. It's it looks like stained glass or like the branch, like branches on a tree. Or a um, mask. Or a mask. <laughs> Scary mask. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I, I think as long as you actually are collect not just collecting those data points but like actually like you said tracing it back to like what did you learn from that experience so not to say and and that's you know what people are in different stages again of their life where you might be living with a partner who is still drinking and, th and that's really hard that's a whole dynamic you're or around the holidays you're surrounded by all sorts of people who might trigger the fuck out of you and you're like okay I have to be around these people now you know so I think um, it's, it's very, people can look and be like, oh, well, you've had continuous sobriety. Yeah. I've also been lucky in a lot of ways. You know, I had, I had privilege that I stay at home for my job. I, I moved to a new country where I knew no, nobody. I have a husband who doesn't drink all these things, right? He could drink. He's like your husband where he's like him, where he's like, he could give or take a drink if he wanted, yeah. but he just, yeah. he doesn't because I don't drink. Right. But I just like, get blessed with that too. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's fair. A lot of people don't have that, you know, right. and yeah. we have to be respectful and and understand people's different situations it's not a type of one program fits all kind of scenario you know I think that's a big that's such a hard hurdle with mm -hmm. people who um partners who aren't looking at their own and I can imagine their own relationship with alcohol as it being a complete oh I don't even know I mean yeah. I, I, I can't imagine I, I have friends. I have friends who are going through it, but that, but that, listening to them talk about it, it, I, it's hard for me to even give advice because I don't want to cast judgment on a situation because right. I've been that part, like I've been that person who's been struggling, and I've been that partner who who has denied that they had a problem, who's been sitting in my car outside the house, like chugging, you know, or hiding stuff somewhere and going and drinking from it. Like that was my story for a long time. So I don't. But, but to be the person on the other side, especially if you're a person in recovery. So like you're sober and you're, and then your dynamic with your partner completely changes because they're still doing the thing. And then they are grieving the loss of their drinking buddy. You yeah. know, so there's a lot of things. that Yeah, could yeah it really could. Yeah. Um, I think that that has to be really hard around the holidays. Um, yeah. Spouse yeah. that is at all resistant to your change is, mm -hmm. that's actually a good topic for, mm -hmm. for future episodes. Yeah. It's, it's very interesting. It's a dynamic I'm really interested in because it's not my particular situation, yeah. but a lot of people will come into my DMS and say stuff like that or like how, and a lot of times people kind of the way I did with James, like I didn't tell him at first one day I was just like, 
oh, I'm going to be going to a few meetings from now on, like every day at lunch. And he's like, what? <laughs> he's like, yeah. what, what, are you, what meetings? And I told him, and it, he wasn't judgmental or anything. He was just so confused because he didn't know that it was such a big issue. So then he's trying to then think on his feet, how do I support her? Or how do I, so it's like, it's not only is it a tumultuous time of change for you, but this could blindside your partner that they didn't even know that you wanted to quit drinking. And now all of a sudden you're trying sobriety. I remember my husband, Evan saying that he just wanted me to be able to drink one or two drinks. He never thought that sobriety was an option. Like he never even, it never occurred to the stigma around what it always was quote unquote, because of the stigma. And also because he just, he didn't, (laughs) he didn't want to deal with it. Like, I think he just wanted things to stay like status quo, like a normal drinker like him. He didn't want me to be like a blackout crazy (laughs) person. The the life that you had in the social life that you had minus the blackout drunk. So he wanted me to just be like him. Um, but it, it was finally like, he realized way later that like, I couldn't be like him. So it had mm. to be all or nothing. Right. And I remember thinking, God, I wish I had a husband that didn't care as much. So I could just, this is when I was like, really I in active, active drinking. Oh, yeah. I used to think that I used to be like, why I, doesn't I, he just want to let me be? Yes. Why can't it? he just be like all the other husbands who just like let their wives drink? Like why does he count my drinks? Yeah. Oh, it's like it's so annoying. Oh, why would he be so upset with me the next yeah. day? That kind yeah. Of, like, yeah. why does he care? Like, why what can't I find he just funny get too. drunk like everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> what I find funny now, or less so, but still a, a thing that needs like attention, and I think it's good that I'm saying it out loud, is that there was so much taking care of me and being responsible mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. me that he needed to do felt he needed to do it probably needed to do yeah that now standing on my own two feet having my own self-worth and power within me and not wavering Mm -hmm. is there's got to be some and I should talk to him more about it but like a trust issue a you know some sort of not catching up to the times like I say trust or just Mm -hmm. fear that or sorry, not fear. Like, and again, I'm saying it out loud for the first time ish. I think, mm-hmm. you know, I don't really know how to find the words. Maybe like, you guys can help me. Like maybe he's just not used to you having like the confidence of you being, yeah. Um, it's like him the, not having to take care of you. It's such a big break in yeah. the old routine, mm-hmm. right? right? There were so many amazing breaks in the routine, like the stopping mm-hmm. and not worrying about it. But in, as the daily goes on and then, you know, what I'm becoming of myself, it's like, I think any new change brings like the old fear of what he used to think without. Thinking oh, about yeah. Okay. Know? I see what I see what you're saying. Yeah. So it's like, that was a big change for you guys to go through at that time. And so yeah. then he just gets used to something and it's like, okay. And then we're constantly reinventing ourselves in sobriety too. We're discovering new creative pursuits, new passions and things. It's like, okay, now we're doing what? Like, that's my husband too. He's kind of like one, two steps behind the eight ball. Like, okay, where are we going now? Like what's going on? And it's like, totally, totally. Yeah. Yeah, Cause there's like, well, I couldn't finish things before I couldn't like get to places. And it was Partly that, partly ADHD, not having the ability, but all the drinking, I would never yeah. have been able to really get the executive yeah. functioning yeah. under control. And he's like, is this going to be something else you're going to start and stop or something like that? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Or there are, you know, our partners may have been used to being parentified, like in the relationship. You know what I mean? You said the taking care of. It's like, you know, we weren't living together. We were living apart in different countries, going through an immigration process. But every time James would come to visit, my house was a disaster. There was no gas in my car. Like there was unpaid bills, like uh, all unopened mail, like stacks and stacks. Like my my life was a mess, right? It was very unmanageable, but I hid it well. But things would start stacking up literally and metaphorically where it was like, okay, like this, this, stack of mail represents literally my whole life I'm like oh I'm gonna put nine dollars of gas in my car and I'll just worry about that later and he's like wait what so then he's now a country away worrying about me and and now he sees me running a business and he's just like and I still have issues with managing my money because I'm basically having to learn for the first time how to do any of that stuff well we still have issues with allowing our gas tank to go down we to laugh. zero. And like, that's just like a thing. We just, we, it's a just a thing. Friends. It's my ADHD. I yeah. don't know. Yep. We exactly. kind of like, we kind of like to see how far we can go. <laughs> like, I'm like, I have one mile left. I think I can get to town and back. What do you think? I would, like, I'll text her. I would, <laughs> I'm like, I'm on zero today. Oh my gosh. Where I would do that. My husband would not, he, I don't put gas in my car. He puts gas in my car. I've never put gas in my car. <laughs> no way. I'm like, this is not fun anymore. Come on. Come on. Let's see. I put gas in my car. I'm on zero. Okay. I have two. I, okay. Where you have to end in a minute. It, but I have to, we need to discuss ADHD in yes. sobriety because mm-hmm. that's something that, that we need a whole yeah. thing that we another topic. all discovered in ourselves mm-hmm. well I mean I'm excited to do that um mm-hmm. that is a topic and then uh um talking to or no spouses that um oh yeah yeah that that one I like that okay. the, spot, the spouses who Ooh. were not as supportive or, or, or not 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 like happy for you but but still someone that drinking. is a still a drink yeah a, a social spouse. a big yeah. social drinker yeah. maybe Got yes it. Okay. Yeah. yeah um good great Oh, well, Katia, this yeah, was great. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, yeah. I love this. Just our little wing it kind of conversations. But yeah. Important. It feels yeah. important. So. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Winging it. I love like, what we do best. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we wing it. <laughs> we wing it. Uh, well, thanks for joining us. Have you ever tried Curious Elixirs? Their booze-free craft cocktails are infused with adaptogens to help you unwind. They're plants that benefit your body, helping you relax and de-stress without the hangover. Use code Kimberly22 and get $10 off your order of $50 or more. Go check out Curious Elixirs. Thanks.